Hi again, and welcome back to the Author Revolution podcast. I'm your host, international best-selling indie author, Carissa Andrews, and CEO of Author Revolution, the author source for all things rapid releasing. Once again, this episode is sponsored by my upcoming rapid release series, The Windhaven Witches. This series is a new adult paranormal suspense, and Secret Legacy, book one, comes out September 15th. Then the remaining three books will launch one a month throughout the end of the year. Now, for those of you who don't know, 50% of the royalties from Secret Legacy are also being donated to the American Cancer Society in honor of my brother, who I lost in 2016 to brain cancer, a dear friend of mine who is fighting pancreatic cancer, and now my father-in-law who recently lost his battle with kidney cancer and pneumonia. As you can imagine, this past week has actually been a bit of a downer for me. So last Wednesday, like I said, we lost my father-in-law and most of my husband's family actually still live in England, it's been really hard for us to be there and really show the support that we want to, I guess, for our whole family. Colin's been on his phone with his mom almost daily, but it's still difficult. And plus the whole coronavirus thing going on, it means plane tickets to the UK are just, you know, not only extremely limited because they're not letting a lot of uh, people into the country, especially Americans, but they're also insanely expensive. And then even if we could afford those plane tickets, The English government requires all Americans who are coming in for things like funerals and whatnot to quarantine in a hotel for 14 days, 14 whole days before being released into the rest of the population. Just to add one more layer of complications, funerals are limited to just 25 people. Well, our little tiny family here in the U.S. is already just eight. That's a lot of people. Not to mention his sisters, his brother, his nieces and nephews, his mother, his aunts and uncles, and a whole bunch of friends who would really love to be there. So needless to say, we're finding a way to join the funeral via the internet, which is not ideal, but it's where we are at and we're hoping that it goes well when we actually are able to participate. So while it was the 4th of July this past weekend, it was still kind of a somber affair for us over here. I mean, we didn't go to the normal parade because that was canceled. Yay, coronavirus. We didn't go see the big fireworks in town because our favorite spot was shut down. Yay, coronavirus. (laughs) And we did have a small barbecue. So we can't go and say that it was all for naught. We did have this barbecue. It was our family and two friends came over. We had brats and we enjoyed watching the kids go through the slip and slide. That part was fun. We had some Fountain fireworks in the backyard, all that stuff was going. So that was, it was nice in that regard. But it was still just not the same. It was one of those kind of weekends that just kind of felt surreal. So hopefully your 4th of July weekend was better than ours. And if you don't celebrate because you live elsewhere or for whatever reason, you're just not a big 4th of July fan, hopefully you still had a great weekend regardless. I can't believe we're already into July here, people. It's crazy. For me, July means knuckling down and really focusing even more on that rapid release series that I've been talking about. I've been doing a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, prepping for Secret Legacy and the Windhaven Witches as a whole for hitting that bestseller list. So list aiming is a huge thing, and we'll be talking about the strategy behind list aiming in another episode down the road. But for right now, just know that I am eyeing the time like a hawk. It's counting down, and I'm not quite sure I can, like, pause it or if I can slow it or anything like that. It's just kind of freaking me out. (laughs) So as of this recording, I have 69 days before it launches and there is still a ton of stuff to do. However, 
One of my biggest helps that I've run into this year is NetGalley. And no, this is not a sponsored uh, talk about NetGalley. It's not even an affiliate link. Nothing like that's going on. It's just literally something I stumbled upon. And it's something that's been around for a long, long time. So I signed up for a blog tour that uh, I am going to be using for Secret Legacy. But they boasted a NetGalley opt-in as a part of a different package. So as someone who used to work in a bookstore, I had always thought that NetGalley was usually for traditionally published books only. But the more research I did now, boy, was I wrong. They've opened up and it is for anyone. In fact, it's a little more expensive if you just go straight to them and try to do a NetGalley as a solopreneur, solo uh, author. But when I did some research and as I was, you know, digging around, I found out that if I joined the Independent Book Publishers Association, it was actually a better deal. So they're a great site that offers some incredible benefits to indies like us, namely, that reduced rate for NetGalley postings, and even media outreach with uh, ARC copies, and both of which I am using for Secret Legacy. Now, when it comes to NetGalley, I have been pleasantly surprised by the interest in Secret Legacy. So according to IBPA, it's gained a lot of interest in both impressions and reviews left for having only been out a month. In fact, it's actually on the homepage for anybody who's looking for new adult books right now. It's number four in the most requested books. So I'm kind of shocked about that. However, one of the interesting repetitive aspects from the reviews that I've been getting back from it is number one, their despise of anything insta-love. Love at first sight apparently is like the pariah of all things written as well as the desire to wish that my characters were developed a little bit further. Which is interesting because it leads me directly into today's topic. What is the number one thing you gotta nail in a rapid release series? Well, as I am being reminded of right now, it all comes down to character development. And to be fair, it makes total sense. If you want a series to continue on and to have it be successful, whether that be in readership or monetary, ideally, right? Your readers have to resonate with the characters that you're giving them. Now, thanks to my NetGalley reviews, I've been able to put some important changes and tweaks in place into the series before it even launches, at least in this first book. But I also have to tread a little bit carefully because I do have three other books in which to develop the characters and give them those larger arcs. This does give me some food for thought, though, on why my Diana Hawthorne novel was so popular. I started her book with the characters in mind before I ever developed her story. In fact, each character is very distinct and offers their one unique take on the world. So they're very commanding in their own right, I guess. And in the Windhaven Witches, it was a little bit different because while the characters are vastly different, I created the story based off of a dream I had when I was 14. So the characters in this case are actually secondary compared to the Diana Hawthorne series. And because each character is only beginning to develop their powers in book one, for some readers, they may not be concrete enough for them. It's a price I may need to pay for them to be able to see the bigger picture at the end of the series, if that makes sense. The thing here to remember with rapid releasing is that, unfortunately, not all series are going to be successful. The Windhaven Witches may not be successful, but I won't know until I give it all I've got, and the same goes for you. However, as I continue writing the series, and then as I move on to Diana Hawthorne's extended series, characterization is taking a seat in the front of my mind. So at this point, perhaps some of you are wondering, 
Hmm, how do you create characters that are really compelling? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's talk about the five most distinctive ways that you can make your characters stand out in your series. Are you ready? All right. Number one, diversity matters. Now, we've talked about this a lot in the recent weeks because of the Black Lives Matter movement and the LGBTQ Pride Month being in June. But the truth of the matter is, we live in a diverse and colorful world. When we create characters that embrace this concept, not only is it more indicative of the world we live in, but it also makes it easier to see those characters and to paint their perceptions of the world. If your main character is old, black, Asian, gay, or disabled, just as some examples, it all grounds the reader in some distinguishable characteristics that add dimension to them right off the bat. Now, those qualities will be part of the character's internal core, and they'll see and act differently in the world because of it. So number two, distinguishing features. So to continue on with the previous concept, let's talk about those distinguishing features that you can give your character. In Pandamus, I gave my main character Runa a scar across her face and two different colored eyes. Now, it was a deliberate way to draw attention to the difference of who she was in the world she was living in. And the idea of adding heterochromia to Runa actually came from my best friend Sherry, who was born with two different colored eyes. But it also added and played right into the fact that I wanted Runa to be able to see things that were in two places at once. And that was something that for those of you who have read the series, was a really important factor. So think about your main character and add in things like flaws, deformities, hair color and eye color that maybe are a little bit different. Remember, people are all unique and there is no such thing as perfect. So don't fall into the trap of molding your characters into some form of perfection. Let them be uniquely flawed in all that they are, distinguishing features included. Number three speech. <laughs> Every person talks a little bit differently, especially in my household. If you were here, I'll tell you what, it's a little bit crazy. You'll get whiplash going from Minnesotan <laughs> all the way over to British. So there are people with different ways of using words and having different slang all over the place. And that includes some people's houses. But at least most people will talk differently until they start hanging around each other for a long period of time. I might talk similarly to my husband. We have somewhat the same types of uh, phrases that we'll use just because it's things that we find funny. But to be honest, he has some British slang that even I wouldn't dare to touch because it would just wouldn't make sense in my uh, verbal arsenal, so to speak. So if you have new characters coming together, think about how you can make their conversations and word choices really, really different. Do they have certain phrases that they like to use? Do they have an accent? Do they use language in a straightforward and abrupt way? Or do they tiptoe around things? The way people say their words, their sentences, and whatever's on their mind, it can really distinguish their personalities right away and help your readers identify with them, or perhaps not. Okay, so number four, nervous tics. Do any of your characters have nervous tics or just strange physical gestures or habits? If not, maybe you want to think about adding some in. Perhaps one of them likes to twirl their hair, or another one fiddles with their ring when they're nervous, 
or maybe one of them is constantly licking their lips. An annoying habit, I might add, that one of my characters in the Pandamus Chronicles does, and my husband cannot stand. <laughs> so anytime he sees it happening in any of my other books, even if it's not even a tick, it's just they lick their lips once, he's like, oh, here we go with the lip licking. <laughs> But do they have any gestures that they rely on when they're happy or when they're reserved or when they're frightened or when they are, I don't know, involved in anything that maybe is putting them in an uncomfortable position? Adding in physical tics can really help layer your character in ways that you may not even be aware of. So think about the ways that you can add them in to really give your character a little bit more dimension. All right, so then number five. This is a big one because we all have external conflicts that are happening. That's the point of the story and the whole overall arc. But your character should have internal conflicts as well. Not just your main character, all of your characters. So give your characters some internal conflicts. Things that are going to cause that drama and make people kind of root for them or freak out over what decision are they going to make. This will often stem from understanding your character's backstory. So when possible, you're going to want to download a character sheet and start thinking about what their story really is. And so for those of you who are interested in something like this, Rapid Release Roadmap, when it is available again, probably in the fall, it does come with an extensive character and world building template all put into Scrivener. However, for those of you who are asking these questions right now, you're going to want to think about things like, what's their family dynamic? How many members are there in that family? Where are they in the layout of it? How do they all interact? Was their childhood happy or was it troubled? Where did they grow up? Were they rich? Were they poor, middle class? Were there any traumas in their lives that they needed to overcome? What are some of their happiest memories? What about their worst memories? Did they choose their own career or is someone choosing it for them? How many more romantic relationships have they had and Did they go well or did some end really badly? How might that affect the way that they're responding to relationships now? What's the one thing that they wish they could change about the past? What are their biggest fears? What are the interests, hobbies, and passions that they're dealing with? What things and people do they like best or dislike? What makes them happy, angry, sad? How do they cope under stress? Do they act differently around friends? or around family, or certain people? Are they introverts, or are they extroverts? What do they want most out of life? All of these aspects add a level of dimension to your characters and make them more real. When you're just starting out, the more questions that you ask and the more that you get to know your characters, the better. However, I do want to advise you to be careful that when you're creating characters, to not go into exposition overload when you do start writing. This is something I've seen from time to time with my mentees, and it's the first thing that we start hacking out of the stories when we start working together. Not every detail and every backstory needs to go into the story at hand. You as the author just need to understand how it influences your characters and shapes the way they act, react, and interact. Does that make sense? Personally, I don't think as authors we're going to get it right 100% of the time. But the point is to do our best and to continue to progress in our craft. Every book, every series, every character we develop makes it easier to write the next one. 
In Secret Legacy, I have, like I said, made some changes, but I won't know if they were enough to hit the mark with Secret Legacy until more reviewers read the updated version. But even if it isn't, even if I didn't make a drastic enough change, I know for some readers, the ones who get my dorky pop culture references and twisted sense of humor, the series is already doing well. And in honesty, it's possible I'm even nitpicking on a book that's averaging a four-star rating anyway. For me, the most important lesson right now in all of this is to continue to make characterization a priority and use it to drive my plots forward. That includes anything that I'm doing right now, and that also includes stories that I have coming down the way. And I want you to be thinking about the same thing too as you go into your next book or into your next rapid release series. Okay, guys, so that is the end of the discussion for today. By far, having great characters is the number one thing you gotta nail in order to keep your readers coming back for more. So let's take this discussion online. Are you in my Author Revolution Facebook group? If not, I encourage you to join today for free and we can talk about creating and crafting those unique characters. I'd love to hear your process for creating them or developing the ones that you've already have a little bit further. Let's chat about where your characters are at now and maybe we can help you figure out a better solution for ways to make the characters even more unique. Who knows? Just hop online and post a question. As a reminder, if you'd like to download the transcript from today's episode or find an easy-to-click link to any of the sites that we talked about today, like NetGalley or IBPA, be sure to head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash 37. It's all there waiting for you. One final reminder. This podcast episode was sponsored by my upcoming rapid release series, The Windhaven Witches. Slowly but surely, I am increasing the pre-orders on all sites, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iBooks being the biggest ones. If you're a reader who wouldn't mind spending $3 to help an indie author make her dream come true on becoming a New York Times bestselling author, I really do encourage you to purchase Secret Legacy on all three sites. It's just $0.99 cents wherever books are sold, ebook form, of course. Not only will you be helping me make this dream a reality, and actually in more ways than one, considering it stemmed from a dream, but you will also be donating 50% to the American Cancer Society. All right, guys, I hope you have an enjoyable rest of your week. Get some writing in and until next time, go forth and start your author revolution.